Here's our breaking news in a sports center out of the NBA. Steve Nash is out as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Jacques Vaughn. And we have some more breaking news in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets are planning to hire Ime Udoka as their next head coach. The next and last stop is Atlantic Avenue Barclays Center. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Geo on the fan. A lot of Nets podcasts. I mean, Oof. the only Net fans you know, the only what, the only Nets fans you know, at least they've got some self-aware. I mean, come on, man. Or are these guys? Welcome back to the Only Net Fans You Know podcast. I'm Peter. I'm joined by my friend and fellow Nets confidant, Charlie. Jesus Christ, Pete. What what happened? What goes on? What's going on? Jesus. God, I don't even... I want to lost for words. The last 24 hours has just been a mind-blowing experience. The last three years as Net fans, we've gone through everything you could possibly think of. And it feels like it's all culminating into today. Pete, Steve Nash. Steve Nash is fired. Steve Nash is gone, Pete. What... What goes on? It's finally over. The reign of terror. Or, I don't even know what you want to call it. Of mediocrity. If that has over, is it finally over. Maybe. We'll see. The working title is The Elephant in the Room. And uh, as, as you mentioned to me off air, I think we should just jump straight into it. After the Nets started off pretty shitty, right? Two and five with losses against the Grizzlies, the Bucks, the Mavericks in overtime at home, and a split against the Pacers. Finally, Marks made the move and fired Steve Nash, a move that probably should have been made a lot earlier. Mutually fired, That's my, my, might I add. Oh, come on, that's bull. You know that's bullshit. Supposedly, Nash spoke to Marks and says, I, quote, unquote, I do not have a voice in this room. These guys are not responding to me. Where did you see that? I didn't see that. It basically, you're going to make me look it up right now? I can pull it up right now. Go on. It's basically everything a Nets fan wanted, was clamoring for at the end of this year finally came to fruition, Pete. Jock Vaughn is our coach in the interim. But it looks like the front runner right now is Ime Udoka. But John, just just a mind blowing set of events, and there's just so many questions that that I have to ask. And just let's just start off like this: How did you find out about the news? What were you doing? And what was your first reaction about about getting the the Nash news? Well, I was just work, you know, mind my own business, you know, I'm taking a free moment, eating my lunch, grabbing a bite to eat, take a quick look at my phone while I have a breather, and uh, I check Nets Reddit, first thing, whoa, Steve Nash fired, fuck, what's my first reaction, 
Actually, it's to send it to Pete. Well, then the rest is history. I send it to Pete. No response. As usual. Whenever next hours, day, hours pass by. If there's ever big news about to happen or has happened, just know I was probably taking a nap at the time because that is it always happens. Hours pass by. Hours turn into weeks. Weeks turn okay, into months. Up. Months turn into years. Ever see Shining? When the guy when he freezes over, that's me every time waiting for a Pete response to big news. It was like an hour, two hours at, at most. By the way, during the Sean Marks press conference, Sean Marks said that Steve Nash told him after the win last night, they're not responding to me. Suggests Steve basically decided to go. He really should never have started the season if the two players who didn't want him back were still here. But that's not a quote from Steve Nash. That's, he's talking that's a quote Denver. from Sean Mark. Well, that's Alan Hahn said that in the tweet, and that was a quote. And that Steve Nash said that the, the players are not responding to him is a direct quote from Sean Marks' press conference. Ah, okay, okay. Just, so, just mind, yeah, this mind blown, this mind blowing experience right there that that's happened. Then the first news after that is that we're looking at Snyder, Quinn Snyder, the former Utah Jazz coach. We're looking at Ime Udoka. Udoka. Just what, what were you thinking then? You then you sent me a, a text that you wanted Quinn Snyder. I, I, I like Quinn Snyder personally. I think he's uh I I, I don't know. I mean he he's he, he ran a good Utah team. He ran a tight ship, but then there was another thing the guy couldn't push them over the edge in the playoffs. Out coached by Steve Kerr. So, you know, and other guys it just didn't work out in there. So, but he's got the most experience in the playoffs. He knows how to manage a superstar, and um, I just, I just think he's the best fit for discipline. But again, it seems the guys Emei Udoka knows the system. He knows the players. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these guys have a relationship with him. It felt like maybe an hour or two, maybe half an hour after I found out that that, that Nash was fired. Seemingly, it seemed like Ime Uduko just was given, you know, given the reins. Like he's the Nets plan to hire him, and that was from Shams. I was shocked. I was just completely shocked. That was crazy, man. I I, t- I texted you. I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, when I send you the list of the candidates, like Quinn Schneider, Ime, I'm like, how ironic would it be? Ime Udoka gets hired right now after getting fired for this, and the Nets just somehow getting him back. And it'd be so ironic. And then sure as shit, man, a Woj and Champs, like, oh, they plan to hire Ime. However, Sean Marks in his press conference said he has not made a decision on who to hire as a head coach yet. Which you is that. Come no, on. it's bullshit. They're trying to go over numbers right now and they don't want to make any announcements yet. That's what that is probably, right? Absolutely. And you have to think this is not something that's willy nilly. I do think it was very weird to fire a coach during a back-to-back. An example in baseball, they'll a baseball team will wait for a road trip or a Friday or you know a day off to fire a coach. This was done in the middle of a back-to-back. Very strange timing. But I also don't think you hired Ime Udoka without doing like some vetting, even though they knew him obviously from being an assistant coach with us. But this is something that they've been looking into, you'd have to think, right? 
Can I go on a little rant right now? Go ahead. Pete, we should have fucking fired him before the fucking season. It was a mistake. Like you said, I said before, our play, our star players didn't want him there. We tried to make it work. I'm glad they ripped the fucking band-aid off and got rid of him now before it's too late. But this was a fucking mistake from the get-go. The Nets dropped the ball with this one. It's mismanagement. The Nets, from the, from the get-go, have played like shit. They've had leads. They've squandered them. They've gotten. They've gone down by ten. They can't come back. They don't play defense. They. They just are not clutch on offense. They turn the ball over. They are not an organized team. They look terrible. They look like a bunch of mismatched players. This roster is not structured well enough for these players' talents to overcome it. This team needs a leader. Of two guys, two guys on the team who are supposed to be leaders, and they're not leading. They're playing terrible. They're averaging crazy amount of points, but their defense has been terrible. They've been turning the ball over, and at the end of games, when they have chances to bring the team back, they go up, they run the ball up, and take stupid fucking three-point shots, which they haven't hit. Yes, they're the best shooters probably in the league, and they're best offensive players in the league. I get that. But, man, you really kill every bit of momentum when you walk up and just brick a three-pointer. It's both Katie and Kyrie. I'm not blaming it all on Nash. Nash, they weren't listening to him. They were blowing leads like crazy. They had a 20-point lead against the Pacers. 24-point lead. And they blew it and almost lost. They had a lead against the Mavericks. They blew it and lost. And they went into overtime and lost. They, had a, they were playing the Bulls tonight. Had a 10-point lead in the third quarter. They fucking squandered and lost under Jock Vaughn. Players are not good enough to overcome adversity. That's my rant. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to to what you said, and a lot to jump into that. It's just it's just crazy, man. Steve Nash wound up going 94 and 67. Regular season, seven and nine in the postseason, one playoff se- series win. Ime Doka got one playoff series win against us last year. He went 51 and 31 with the Celtics. He's a guy who knows the team. He's cool with KD. I imagine he's cool with, with, the, with most of the roster that was here when he was there. He's going to focus on defense. It's just, are you okay looking over? The, the stuff in Boston. Yeah, I I don't know what that's even about, man. I'm I'm what what is he he had a relationship with the staffer, sending inappropriate text. What is it? Well, he cheated on his wife, supposedly, allegedly. That's, from what that's I've the seen. most important thing. That's the biggest. That's the biggest grimiest thing that I know of. But I don't know the other details of anything else. Is it strange that none of these details have come out yet? Yeah, I think Celtics are trying to hold it because it's probably embarrassing. It might be – listen, it could be from ownership, man. It doesn't want to get out because it's damning to send image, you know? Of course. Is the Nets culture officially dead now? I feel that guys like Joe Harris and Utah and some other guys still have it. And these guys are bringing it every night, and it shows a heart. But how long is that going to go for? I, I think you're mostly right, though. I think 
cultures on the way out. We have to get a coach in here. We have to get someone here that's going to get these guys to buy into the system. It doesn't seem like our stars are just buying into the system. You have guys that sometimes want to work with it and, and move the ball and pass the ball and then play hard defense. And then when it matters, they crumple. That's, I don't know if that bad coaching. Is that just not the right mentality? What is that? I I don't know. I I, I wish I could tell you because I would tell you I would call the Nets and tell them fix it. I just think that he uh, Nash flat out was not a good coach, and he lost the locker room. And once you lose the locker room, that's it. That's the main reason Harden wanted out. He did not like Nash. This is not something new. We saw it in the postseason against Boston last year, that he was on, you know, he, it was chess and checkers. He got, he, he felt like he got played. And I, I don't, did you see his uh, exit letter? I guess you could call it his exit post. I did kind of feel bad because let's face it. Steve Nash probably did not get the best shake of a job here. The drama that has been surrounding this team is like, it's unreal. It's not real. It's like a reality TV type drama. You know, he said he's going to still root for the team and that he's, you know, he loves being here in Brooklyn, that his family has a home here. It's just, I kind of felt a, a little bad, but you know what? It was, this move should have been made last year. Maybe you can look back on it and say this move should have never been made at all. This guy was a rookie head coach, never had a job before, leading leading a team of Basically, superstars and young and a mix of young guys too. So it wasn't just KD and Kyrie coming in. DeAndre Jordan, you had you had a mix, you know, like Levert and Allen and these young guys into this. Not an easy task to do. And then you pull a guy. And then you mix the roster up. Get Harden in here. Pretty much give him the keys to the offense. Him and D'Antoni give him the keys to the offense. Say, hey, take care of the offense. And then you still muff it. You still don't know how to call timeouts. You know, you're a rookie head coach. Next season, no progression. Same shit, same mistakes. Maybe his timeouts got a little better. They did. It's, it, it, it just, there's, there was, there was someone who doesn't know basketball as much as professionals do. The, the minimum amount of adjustments he made or the lack of adjustments, whatever you want to call it, maybe he was making adjustments. They just weren't the right ones. Whether his team wasn't maximizing their effort, that's that comes from not like wanting to play for you because you're, they don't feel like you're getting them the position to get uh, the game putting them in the best position to succeed. So it's it's a t- it sucks. I I I feel bad, but like you said, man, this decision this decision needed to be made a long time ago because I just I wish it was made before the season started. I agree, but then maybe we would not get email. But I talking about Nash. I think the biggest knock on him was definitely the rotations, like whether he was quote unquote trying them out or whatever. We see with our eyes as guys who are not you know professional basketball players that a lot of these rotations just were not working out. Harden's main complaint about Nash was the rotations, like some of them were just like a little mind boggling. Like, it's, it's just, I know, you know, you as a basketball player, you, you want it to work, but sometimes it's just not going to work. Sometimes being an MVP player does not equate to an all-star 
coach. And another, how do you equate Ben Simmons into this now? It's like this is a whole complicated thing. This is going to be. I don't. I man, there's a chance to be. Then that's don't make the playoffs this year. At this, at the, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying this season's a wash. I mean, it's still very early, but I don't, I don't see anything progressing. I don't see anything getting better. The roster is what it is. Yeah, jumping into that after, of course, after all this news came out and all the talk about everything going on. Of course, we had a basketball game to play, right? We had a game against Chicago. Of course, we lost 108-99. We were actually leading 58-52 to at the half. But a 19.4 quarter mixed with Kyrie shooting 2 of 12, 4 points, 0-6 from 3, just totally just doomed this team. It's just, I don't know. But did, did you see the energy at the beginning? I definitely saw Katie was uh, playing like a man that was happy that Nash was out of town. And it seems, like I said before, it seems like any little bit of adversity, anytime another team goes on a run, and I don't blame Jock Vaughn. I actually, if you watch the game, every one of his timeouts were good timeouts. To try to stop runs. He did not make, Jock Vaughn did not make a rotation mistake, in my opinion. Zach Levine went off. Uh... He had 29 points, fourth quarter, 20 points in the fourth. And and I'm just saying, like, you just, the Nets just run into these guys that just, every night it seems like these guys come into the Barclays Center, they come into our house, they go off, hit these circus shots, everything seems to fall in. The other night is Duarte, the other night it was Heald and Halliburton and... Luka Doncic, and these guys are coming here and in our own building and just torching the Nets. It's just like there's no sense of pride when they play, it feels like. There's no, like, hustle. There's no sense of urgency to, like, make the right play. Right? I don't know, man. It's just very disheartening. It's very disappointing, and it's kind of downright disgusting because I feel like, no offense to Nick fans, Nets fans kind of deserve this. They haven't like. I'm just saying no effect. I don't know. I feel like the Knicks fans feel entitled that they don't have anything either. So I feel like we have it a little. We need it more. Oh, I thought you were saying that we deserve going through this. I was about to say, what the fuck. Also, we got to talk our shit too much, and then we also get this. This is what we get for talking too much shit. Also. Yeah, just a lot of the same problems as you mentioned. The Bulls had 51 rebounds, 40% from three. Like as you guys, you said, lighting guys lighting it up on us. But in the fourth quarter, the Bulls went 11 of 21, five of seven from three. That's just unreal. And the Nets also had 17 turnovers to add on add on to that. Just total disaster. Just the the Nets struggle in the second half to just. Close the you know close the deal on games. It's infuriating. What does that come down to? Is it the players, to the rotations. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's frustrating because oh, we got Ben. I don't know if you, we mentioned this, but Ben Simmons is now questionable for the foreseeable future. Doesn't seem like he's going to be traveling with the team. 
He's got a knee soreness. They didn't say he took an MRI or an X-ray or anything like that. Not, nothing in that age. It's just very vague knee soreness, and he's been out. Seth Curry's been under time management. He's not playing every other game. Joe Harris is under a minutes restriction. He's like seemingly our best defender this year. And TJ Warren is MIA for the foreseeable future. So we still have we still have a section of this team that's not at full strength. But I just don't see these guys coming in and making that big of a difference. I don't think Joe's been our best defender. He's been sneaky good coming back. But Royce has been pretty good. Royce put up 20 points tonight. The way that I see it, before today, right, Pete. before today, the games, just throw them out, forget it. We're going to have a new coach coming in. Tonight in particular, you know what? I'm going to – I, I got to put it on Kyrie. How many games is this guy going to put up four points and shoot two of 12? Not too many, right? He's, I don't think he's ever – had a game like this in his entire career. So if you oh, if you're yeah. the Nets, you could you could scrap this one off. I could scrap this one off. I was happy with the energy for the most part. I'm not happy about the defense in the fourth quarter. I'm not happy with the rebounds, but I'm happy with the energy. I'm happy that KD feels like, at least for me watching it, it feels like he's more, I don't know, not more, but reinvested in this team. It it looked like a KD that I hadn't seen in a very long time. To be honest with you, man, his turnovers are getting real, really inexcusable. He had like six turnovers tonight. He had like four the other day. He's putting it like he's getting at least three turn three turnovers a night. Your best player, that can't happen. I'm sorry. Like other teams' best players don't turn the ball over a clip like that, and they happen at the worst times. They always seem to start a run for the other team. They always seem to hinder a run for us. It's just. It's getting real sloppy, and it's it's really it's hard to watch, especially going to games and wanting to pay money to go to these games, watch these guys kind of just seemingly dog it. I'm not saying they're dogging it, but that's the vibe they're giving off. I don't know. It's it's tough, but I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the new coach is going to bring in, and I think this. I really I don't know. Call me crazy. I really think this team is going to take off. Crazy. I'd I call me crazy. I'm, you know, I'm biased, you're right? Crazy. You're crazy. You can be biased, you know but you're also crazy. Oh, uh, you know what we should talk about? What? What do you think is gonna happen if we get Ime Odoka? You think Clara Wusai is on on watch? Oh, shut up! Crazy. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, Pete. We're gonna go with a little segment. We're gonna be a little positive here, a little bit, and then we're also gonna be negative. It's called the blame game. We're gonna start with the people you blame the most for why the Nets suck ass, and then we're gonna go to the three people who we pray so far for the, you know, the good things they've done for the bright spot, for the the little little bright spot, a little glimmer of hopes in the season. So, Pete, let's go over three people. Who you blame the most for what what the fuck's been going on? Originally, I was gonna say Kyrie, Marks, and Nash. Nash, obviously, for the coaching, Marks for the roster, and Kyrie for for the distraction and stuff. But uh, 
I also got to put like Ben Simmons in there and it's hard like for Kyrie it's it's tough because he is playing well but it depends on how you rate the distraction so I'm going to also throw Ben Simmons in there also because I don't think he could play with Clax. I think that's going to be an issue and he's just been playing way too timid I don't know if he's hurt or not but this is not the Ben Simmons I was expecting You know, those are those are definitely people to blame. Personally speaking, I uh, Kyrie Nash, and um, I honestly think KD deserves a little bit of blame. But he's been playing well, though. He's been scoring. His defense has been okay. His turnovers have been bad. They've been very costly and at the worst times. His shot selection has been poor. He's trying to do too much. He's not acting like a leader. He's get, he got another coach fired. So Kenny Atkinson. Well, he got another coach fired. The guy deserves to be fired. You're right. They both deserve to be fired. But regardless, all the drama in the offseason, but unwanted negative energy. Turnover thing, we really he has to clean up, and I'm blaming him a little bit. Um, That's fair. It's, it's not, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like there's bad juju all around right now. I um, I think that's fair. I think, yeah. I I was just, I was gonna say I think there are a few people though that we can kind of hang our hat on and be like, wow, this this looks like it's working out. But you know, it could be lightning in a bottle. So we'll see. But right now, you got to look at three people going up. Like there's some progression. Going on in the Nets organization with some young players that I particularly Nick Claxton, I think you have to look at and be really happy about because it seems like oh oh the first couple of games he wasn't hitting his free throws, but now it seems like he's been a little more consistent with his free throw shooting, which is a big area of improvement for him. We need to see improvement there, but more importantly, he's a little bigger, he's stronger, his defense has been good, he's getting more rebounds, and also he's been super aggressive getting to the basket. And he's been really efficient at scoring under the rim. And I, you know, that he's been our our third leading scorer for most of the season. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. Who is it? Is him, KD, and Royce O'Neal? Kyrie. Uh, KD, Kyrie, and Clax are the top three scorers, at least coming into the Chicago game. Oh, he had ten points and ten rebounds, so he still had a good game. Absolutely. It's just you I bet you would have not expected that going into the year. I actually expected it. I I think there was a reason why they stuck with him for another two years. One because they could a, one because they could re-sign him and go over the cap, and two, they could afford him. But as the third leading scorer on the team, you expected that? Well, he's been the only guy getting open looks because everyone's been blitzing fucking KD and Kyrie on defense. So he's pretty getting good he's getting good looks under the rim. You thought he was going to score more than Ben? No, I didn't, Pete. I really didn't. I, I didn't think Ben was going to be scoring less than five points a fucking night. Fucking ridiculous. I, I'm glad you put him on there, too, because he's looked like shit. Been playing, yeah, that's a little been, His offense has been so lethargic. It's like he doesn't belong. It's like it feels like he just doesn't sit in place out there. He sets screens and just, like, rolls around and does nothing. Like... 
I don't know, man. Cut. Go for a rebound. Set another screw off-ball screen. Try to just get to, get to the fucking rim. Something. This doesn't look like he belongs in the offense. He's gotta he's gotta play where he's ball dominant. Katie, it seems like Katie and Kyrie can't be on the floor. Like maybe come bring him off the bench. Maybe that's a good option for him. I don't know. But anyway, another guy. You know who does look? You know who does look good on the offense though? Who, who does his role like almost perfectly? I would say doesn't shoot too much passes at the right time. Yuta, yeah, man, he's looking great. He fits in nice. He no more. Pete, listen, fitting in aside, he's just showing hustle, right? Showing heart. It looks like he cares to be out. He's like he's fighting for a spot. It looks like he's fighting for his career. And that's what you you need dogs like that. You need guys with chips on their shoulder. Who play hard every night, like they have nothing to lose. He's shooting really well. He's playing really good, de- surprisingly good defense. I mean, it's not perfect, but you know he's getting real minutes. He's the first guy off the bench. He's playing like a hybrid forward for them. He spaces the floor, he's getting confidence on his drives. And again, even if if he has an open look, he'll happily give it up to the guy to get another guy a better look. It's really nice to see, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm not taking any credit for this. I'm just saying that I I didn't think he was gonna be anything, and now look at him showing us up. I didn't think he was gonna even make the team. To be honest with you, I was shitting on him. He was defensive player of the year in college for his conference, so I don't think the defense should be surprising. Where he went, he showed spurts. Of, he showed spurts of hitting the three. So I I don't think that's I don't think it's too surprising. But what is surprising is how seamlessly he's gone into this offense, and like I said, just making the right plays, taking the right takes. You'll see him wait at the wing sometimes after a, a defensive rebound. He'll be running down the court. He'll take the quick three, or he'll try to push it a little bit. I just think that he just fits in seamlessly right now, and he provides the Nets with defense, which they definitely need. He's, he seems to fit well, very well, and I don't know if you saw the Dwight Howard thing about the Dwight Howard did an interview, and they said that uh, the uh, Nets called him supposedly and said that oh we don't want anyone that can shoot, and it seems like they want guys like Yuta Watanabe. That's what he fills the role. Like we've been clamoring for a big guy, but we have this guy Yuta who's a hybrid hybrid forward. But look at it now, man. He seems to fit right in. It's really crazy. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the, the last guy you wanted to give praise to, Joe Harris. Limited minutes coming back. He's still finding his shot, but I think his defense has definitely surprised people early on. His one-on-one defense has been very good and solid. Uh, you can see he's got a good head about him when he's playing. He's not getting as many looks as I like. When Harden was on the team, the ball was swinging and the ball was getting in his hands and he was getting much better looks. Seems like he hasn't really got that off the ball, like off screen, or get run around the screen and catch the ball and shoot prowess yet. That was his bread and butter, getting around atop, uh, atop of the key screen at the three-point line, just doing a little curl. And getting a, a quick three. That was his bread and butter shot. 
seems like he's not getting them. They're guarding it. They know his deals. So getting him open looks at the three is is going to be really important for him to get going. Like Joe Harris needs more volume to get the get the feeling back. He hasn't played in a year. But man, well, they they got to get him going on offense. But if they can get him all around with the defense and the offense, if he can put up 10 to 15 points a night and go three of three of five, two of two of four for every night, it's just, it'll help. It'll help immensely on top of solid defense. Yeah, I think what I'm looking for is that pump fake and drive that he's been getting so good at. We haven't seen it yet, but I think he's still recovering. That quote that we talked about last episode that, you know, his coming back, he's going to be limited, quote unquote. I think we're seeing that. And I do think that he's building back. And it's definitely a good sign that, you know, he's knocking down a couple of shots with Seth out. So just, I, I definitely think he deserves praise, Joe Harris. And his passing has improved. He's made some nice passes driving to the rim. Him and Claxton seem to have a nice little. I wouldn't say immense chemistry, but there's been a few plays this season where they, Joe Harris can penetrate and he dishes, does a nice little dish to Claxton. But again, a lot of it is good positioning by Claxton. Claxton's improved getting in his little role in his role positioning. So, listen, these three guys are important because they're role players. These guys need space to floor for guys like KD and Kyrie to operate. It needs to be a threat because what's going on? Defenses are blitzing KD, are blitzing Kyrie. These guys are good in in one-on-one scenarios. When they're blitzed and they got to get the ball, they make mistakes. A lot of KD's turnovers were getting double, even triple teamed in some scenarios. I watched a a screenshot of the fucking Pacers almost putting four guys around KD because they don't respect anyone else to score, and that's a bad thing have that absolutely anything else you want to add on i think you summed it up pretty well i went on so many fucking rants i i just i'm so upset i'm so disappointed i'm disgusted it's like the nets fans need something nice for once we've been suffering like we can't have anything fucking nice like it just seems like every game other team gets every friendly role gets every call and it's a why me syndrome. I get it. But, man, it's just, I can't help but feel that way. I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel similar, but I think there's going to be some changes coming. Let's get to the wrap-up. Uh, we had the Dr. J jersey come back with the, with the classic edition jersey. They had the court out there. They did the scoreboard nice with the nice 1980s feel or 1970s feel, whatever whatever you want to call it. I, I thought it was fucking beautiful. It was a dream come true. I was dope until the fucking, they laid an egg and they lost. <laughs> yeah, forget about the game. Just review on the court, review on the jersey itself. What did you think? It, it was really nice. I liked it. I, I'm, I'm completely and utterly shook right now from how they're playing to even care about how jerseys look. I'm a firm believer in look good, play good, but this is definitely not one of those cases here. I think uh, I want to get one of these jerseys, a Dr. J jersey, but I don't know who I'm going to get. I'm leaning towards Vince Carter because I'm afraid to get anybody else. 
that may not be on the team any you know come next season. You gotta get a Joe Harris jersey. I don't know. I think I'm gonna get a VC one. Can't go wrong with VC. Can't go wrong with Joe Harris. Well, speaking, you just reminded me. Speaking of uh, VC, of course, Katie moved in to 19th place all time in points, passing Vince Carter. They had a nice little video set up of Vince congratulating him. I thought that was awesome. Congrats, KD. I hope one day you get traded to a team that you want and a team that treats you better than we do. So fucking negative. Jesus Christ. Dude, how can I not be negative? It's all this shit all the time. I'm like fucking doom and gloom eight games in already. I'm a Jets fan. I'm a Nets fan. I'm nothing nice. Except, the, except the Yankees fall apart. They lost. They suck ass. They have, they're, they're recursed. Anything else you want to add on, Mr. Negative? They better fucking win on Friday. They better come out and fucking win. They better just get back to 500. And they need to do this for the fans. The fans are, the fans are just about... I think everyone's going to go overboard. Who included? I feel like I feel like you're you're close to your breaking point. It's to the point where Nets fans are turning on Nets fans. I think you're you're you're. I'm a more conservative person when it comes to stuff like this. You're more emotional and reactive towards it, and I definitely think that you're you're triggered today. You're you could you're reaching your breaking point. I'm frustrated, but I'm not. I'm not triggered. I was triggered the Milwaukee game. I was triggered, and I was not happy about tonight. But I'm, I'm renewed with the uh, with Ime coming in. Possibly, that gives me a little bit of hope. If Nash was still there, I might feel differently. <laughs> I'm between melancholy and meltdown. That's a lot of room. That's a lot of room that you could you could fit up over there. Judging by my rants, do you blame me? No. There's a lot. There's a lot to take apart. And it's just it sucks. It sucks. It sucks because like watching these games are brutal. Like it's so brutal. It's it's just, just these leads. Oh man, P. I, I I don't know. I know we're wrapping this up, but I just gotta I just gotta vent. I gotta keep venting. It sucks. You'll get it next episode. I have a feeling by next episode we'll have a lot better of a picture of what we're going to be seeing with this team going forward. So guys, remember to follow us on the Twitter, the new Twitter, at NetFansYouKnow, on the Instagrams, at the only NetFansYouKnow. Have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great commute. I'll see you next time. We're out. I'll do it anything this time. I'm so fucking depressed. Good night.